Ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, I welcome you to the holiday event of the season, the third annual Dungeons and Diapers Award. The daddies are here, everybody. The daddies. We are, who's going to take home the top prizes this year? Which games and movies at Crofton and Ryan also saw are worth awarding daddies to? If any, who knows? Maybe we'll just throw up our hands and say no daddies for anyone, but I don't think that's going to be the case. It's the daddies. I am your host, Crofton Steers, also the presenter of at least half of the daddies. Uh, And with me is my co-host and ironically the presenter of the other half of the daddies. That's right. Ryan Murphy. Welcome, Ryan. Is it irony? I'm asking just just out of curiosity, or most more so because I don't know. It might just be coincidental. You know, it's too bad. For a second, I was like, can I say that he because I was wondering if you actually have won a daddy yourself, and I recognize that you have not. So I, I wanted to refer to you as like daddy award winning co-host, yeah. Ryan Murphy, but I realized I couldn't do that because you've never actually won a daddy yourself. Yeah, I don't. Have we, well, hmm, do we give ourselves a daddy for the best parenting moment of the year? Like, is that? Well, you haven't won one. <laughs> I, oh, I see how it is. This is his first strike. <laughs> this might be your year, Ryan. I, I feel feel good for you this year, you know? I have parented pretty hard this year, so not going to lie. I mean, like, the best Dungeons and uh, diapers host i mean it's normally a two-horse race this year gwen has snuck her way into it so I- i'm not sure what your odds are uh but uh but yeah 33 maybe can you not explain this to me right now <laughs> i'm sure i'm sure it's gonna work out that's sarcasm i'm pretty sure it's sarcasm you talk a lot lot that is sarcasm it is sarcasm there you go you're ruining her award speech already yeah, her award speech is this the soundboard. I, I assume she's fast asleep, right? Yeah. Well, you assume incorrectly, but she's definitely should be asleep. Ah. Um so uh all right. So like uh I mean, normally we divide the show into two halves, the dungeons and diapers. I think we're gonna um we have daddy awards in both those categories. So I think we'd we'll stick to that to that format. Of course, because we like to shake things up. There, it's not exactly line for line the the same awards as last year or the year before. We, we might have changed things, adapted things. You never know when you might win a daddy. So, um, so Ryan, are you excited? Please be excited. I am excited. You don't have to say please. I'm excited. And I, I want to kick things off with two new categories from two new things that happened this year. The first being the best Croft and burn from core. What about what's his um, name? Um, uh, <laughs> Crofton. He's got something. You're giving core a daddy. Well, you don't know if core is getting the daddy. You don't know what the burn is. You got to listen to the burns and then we will pick a winner. Wait, I get to, I get to pick a winner. <laughs> sure. You can, I'll let you pick the winner uh, out of three clips. I kind of look, I'll be honest. This was not scientific at all. I, I went through the clips. I picked the shortest ones that had the bestest burns, you know, the best burn per second. That's smart. I think so. 
That's how you would judge. If it's a long but good burn, I feel like it would be worse than if it was a short but good burn. Yeah. So we're not going to play all of the core clips. I mean, out of out of like out of every core Croft inside a core, we had maybe like 15 clips. I've narrowed it down to 3. We're not going to play all the clips, but we're going to kick things off with Core 349. These are the nominees. Core 349. The Irish accent just made me go, oh. Like the voice actor who does it is stellar. Since it's Crofton, does he go, hey, pickpocketed the entire town and then set the place on fire? No, he doesn't have that. He doesn't sound that. It's more cool and (laughs) and rusty. But it is. So did you hear that? It's more cool (laughs) and rusty. Like you're not as cool. Scott thinks you're Irish. Which I mean, there's a Murphy on the show. They said they said that the voice actor was Irish in that clip. So they because I'm playing, he's assuming that I would put on an Irish accent, but he assumes incorrectly. Yeah. Uh, well, this next one is uh, Core 352, another nominee. And that's and that's good. But I'm also very glad to hear that Crofton's getting his ass kicked by his kids. Yeah, yeah no, I've enjoyed. That's why I want to share this story. It's fun. Like I, yeah. I told you, you suck at video games. That's a. Th- so there you go. <laughs> Crofton sucks at video games, Core 352. And our last nominee here is Core 371. Why are we doing this? It's fine. You're loving it. Because, like, Mike and Crofton have no idea what the hell's going on. And they're, like, the best of the people I know in my peer group. Yeah. Crofton like, a little I bit. Can't, I can't keep up with what the kids do. I realize it's just, like, there's, it's not their interest, but it's an intellectual laziness. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Look, if I was picking the winner. <laughs> okay, now, you know what? I got to give it to that. I have to give it to that one just because it is so stupid on so many levels. And, uh, and, and, and uh, you know, knowing both the way that I do, having it. <laughs> Having him call us in, having him even even if I took myself out of the equation and him calling my friend Mike intellectually lazy <laughs> as opposed to Bo. Oh my god. I I'm sorry. I I give it to that one. That's the winner for me. Well, there you go. Well, congratulations to Bo and Core 371. Oh no, I gave it a word to Bo. <laughs> The first oh, no. daddy of the night. I I uh, now, Bo can't be here it. to accept the award on behalf of course, so we'll send it over to them via tweets and maybe a voicemail, depending on how saucy Crofton's feeling. Uh, congratulations oh. to Core and Bo, first daddy of 2023. No congratulations. No, no congratulations. P- hold up the wrap it up sign, Ryan. I'm holding it up now. Please wrap it up. We've wrapped it up. We're moving on to the next category, which is uh, best watch bumper. Now, something we introduced uh, throughout 2023 we- was the watches, Crofton. <laughs> yeah, I I feel like this might be a Ryan Award. Like we can give you, we can say you wanted a daddy for this, but go ahead. Great. Well, you you don't speak too soon. So I'm going to play all the watches in a row, and then at the end of it, uh, I think we'll know uh-huh. the winner. So here are the watches of 2023. This is like our in memoriam segment because all the watches died really so yeah. uh here we go uh strap in book watch 2023 joke watch 2023 <laughs> strike watch 2023 playstation 5 watch 2023 it's time to buy crossing playstation 5 watch 2023 peer pressure edition <gasps> wait it's time to buy crofton are you interrupting what is, what is it yeah, okay, PlayStation 5 watch get two P 
PS5 Dude. launch 2023. <laughs> Crofton, just buy one already. PlayStation 5 launch 2023. <laughs> just buy it, Crofton. <laughs> now, if you remember, the category was best watch bumper. Yes, the PlayStation 5 watch had four bumpers. Technically right. five, but World did a double uh, entry and he was disqualified for that. So you can't give it to Whirlwind. Um, uh, so, so who wins? Okay, it's, it's the bumper. Yes. Oh, I should I should have paid attention. Mm, I uh, you know be, best joke watch. It makes me laugh every time I hear it. So that's got to count for something. My daughter is in one of them. I was just going to say one of them is your something. daughter. Keep that in mind. I know. I know. Uh, what? But like, do I? Am I deciding the watches? What's your vote? I, I was going to vote for Gwen. And the PS5 watch, but, you know. All right. Let's give it to Gwen and PS5. PS5 watch feels like it needs it. Like, it's never coming back. Like, it's retired for sure. So, uh, we're book watch and all of those things. Some of them could come back. That one's never coming back. So, we might as well, you know, uh, memorialize it with with a daddy. And of those ones listed, you know, I'm going to give it to my daughter for sure. Yeah. Gwen, Gwen takes it for uh, bumper of the year. Congratulations, Gwen. On the second daddy of the evening for best watch bumper, and you're right, PS5 watch will never be back. Joke watch may get an upgrade for 2024. Who knows? We'll have to see we'll what have to see. happens. All right, Crofton, let's head into the uh, the the real part. Now that we've gotten through the technical awards, we can get into the we can get into the real awards here. Right, uh, just before we do so, Ryan, because sure. there's no good place to do this. Oh, I yeah. figure. I figure I will. I I want to add some, uh, just like, I, I guess, and I don't know if it's an announcement because it's already announced, but I just want to draw attention to the fact that uh, I have partnered up with uh, Daddy Award winning podcaster Bo Schwartz to mm. uh, to um, do a live D and D play, like you know, one of those Critical Role style uh ongoing D shows and so uh Bo, mike the intellectual lazy one and myself um from good bad or bullshit podcast previously are are doing it with Bo as the dungeon master where he's he's um he's trying out some new streaming tricks and different stuff where like his crash test dummies uh it's called order and defiance is the name of the campaign. It's a world that Bo invented. And we did our episode zero to sort of get the wind in our sails a little bit. It's going to start being audio as well, but Bo's putting it up on YouTube and Twitch for now. He's got lots of visuals. It is worth checking out if, you, if you're into that sort of stuff. We're going to be playing on Sunday evenings once a uh, Sunday afternoons once a month. And so um, I'll try to I'll try to publicize in advance and if you're not if you're in the the discord I'll, i will mention it but i did want to highlight it because it's new i know this is an awards episode we're talking about different stuff but i wanted to highlight that i got a new thing going on and the the first one we did was really fun um and uh i'm looking forward to doing it next time i got to fight some rats in a cellar which sounds like the most D beginner noob stuff that you could possibly do but was good very good yeah no you're right that's uh Usually when you have an award ceremony, there's some ads in there, so that's perfect. Uh, we got our first ad I'm, in. I'm like, I'm like the Jeff Keeley. Like, I'm coming out. This is a world premiere. 
Yeah. You know? um, Even though it already so, premiered, but it's, you know. It, it did. It did. But if you, nobody knows about it, then it can still be a world premiere. You can go True. watch the first episode now, episode zero. Be caught up for when we do our next one in either late December or early January. You'll be all all caught up. Really cool. Yeah, I uh, I need to check it out. I heard I heard good things. I saw the tweets, so I'm excited. I'm excited to check it out. Please be excited. <laughs> Please be excited for our next world premiere. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you don't have one, do you? No, I actually don't. I, oh, right. I, I don't. Sorry, I've got nothing. I mean, Christmas around the world premiere. Christmas is in ten days. Zombie, the zombies ate my podcast too. Ryan goes to Paris. You know. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Because um, wasn't that is a werewolf Dar- movie? Oh no, no, no you're Dar- talking about Daryl Dixon. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because it was American show. Werewolf in London. Then it was American Werewolf in Paris. Am I remembering yes. that correctly? I don't know. Oh. <laughs> let sure. us do the, the main awards. Yeah, let's get to uh, it. Uh, so, all right. So without further ado, we're into the dungeon section of the awards right now. And I think that we're going to kick it off with, uh, do you want to do movie, game, or TV show first? Uh, well, um, why don't we do movie? I always feel like movies yeah. is, is a tough one because like you and I don't see a lot of new movies. You know? That's right. So this is the thing about the daddies for all you new listeners. We don't watch or play everything. In fact, in when it comes to movies and TV shows, we don't even watch much. So um, the, what I've done is my nominees are essentially the main movies I've seen this year, notably in notably in theaters. Uh, for the favorite Crofton's favorite new movie of the year, then Ryan will give his daddy to Ryan's favorite new movie of the year, and uh, and yeah, and then we'll move on. So I can I can I can start off Ryan on this one. So these are these are the nominees for uh, Crofton's favorite new movie in the year of the year. Again, these are movies that came out since the last Daddies and that I saw in theaters. Um, so. And you will notice a trend right off, which is most of them are kids' movies. (laughs) So, so, number one, Avatar, The Way of Water. Number two, Elemental. Number three, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Number four, the Super Mario Brothers movie. Number five, Trolls Band Together. And, uh... There was a sixth potential movie I saw in theaters, which was the Disney movie Wish, but it was bad enough that I do not want to nominate it. So uh, it's Wish is not included. I wrote in my list here: Wish is garbage. So oh, that's um, bad, eh? Hmm. Well, it's just it's just extremely derivative corporate filmmaking that really has no soul to it, which is ironic because the studio that released it also released the movie Soul. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so again, Crofton's nominees, Avatar, the way of water, elemental Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse, Super Mario Brothers movie, Trolls 3. So all of them are animated, uh, because I would argue Avatars as well. Um, so, uh, and, and notable, no, no Marvel movies this year. Um, but the winner and the daddy goes to a superhero movie that is Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. 
uh, I'm giving it to this year, which honestly, um, I was really worried about this movie when it came out. Uh, when it was announced, they were going to do a two-part movie. I consider Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse as essentially a perfect movie. I love it so much. It's a fantastic movie. Uh, it did so much for the animation field, for Spider-Man, for all sorts of stuff. I, I just love that movie. I could watch it a zillion times. When they announced they were going to do a sequel, I'm like, oh, not a great idea. This is like you're trying to recapture lightning in a bottle. But holy moly, they did it. It is a fantastic movie. Uh, it kind of took over our household there for a while. The soundtrack, uh, watching it over and over, watching the first one over and over. Uh, but I would never get sick of it. There are some amazing scenes. Just the, the craftsmanship to it is a fantastic movie. I, I feel like, Ryan, had I seen more movies this year, including Adult Fair, like Oppenheimer and Barbie and... Uh, you know, others, I, I, I still feel my Spider-Man love would really have pushed me in this direction. I, you know, I don't see much of a world where I wouldn't be giving my favorite new movie of the year to Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse of note. Some of those other movies, Elemental was really great. Um, great kids movie. Trolls is, is, is decent. I always enjoy those movies. My family really liked it. Mario brothers was better than, you know, like, it is what we expected. Better a game, but still a great movie. Made a ton of money. I enjoyed Avatar when I went to see it, but forgot it pretty much two minutes after I left the theater. So anyway, and Wish is garbage. So uh, <clears throat> Ryan, your nominees and winner for favorite new movie of the year. Right. Well, uh, I had two nominees. I didn't see a lot of new movies this year, although I'll mention that... Uh, I think when Elemental launched on Disney Plus, it was something that the kids watched over and over again, and uh, I quite enjoyed it. So I guess I could throw that on there. But um, yeah, I'm guessing uh, it doesn't win. It, no, 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 exactly. So uh, we've got uh, Super Mario Brothers movie and Spider Man Across the Spider Verse. Uh, the Super Mario Brothers movie, while uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it, lived up to my expectations which were not like you know i wasn't sitting here this is going to be the greatest animated movie ever made and i think if spider-man across the spider-verse hadn't come out this year it would have definitely won because it was the only other nominee exactly it's hard to ignore <laughs> it the fact definitely won. <laughs> that spider-man across Sorry. the spider-verse cannot be denied that, that it was uh it lived up to expectations and it had a lot uh to sort of uh, fulfill in its in a sequel to as you said one of the greatest animated films that 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 I enjoyed and um it sets up a sequel uh that may or may not like I think I have the same the same sort of hesitations about the sequel that I had when they announced that they were doing this sequel uh I think that they've earned the benefit of the doubt but like the ending to that one is like kind of like okay like what do we what are we going to do here? Like, how are we going to wrap this up? But I, I feel like there's there's a there's a good two and a half hour movie that's going to come at some point. In the next. It was supposed to actually arrive in March, but uh, that's not happening. <laughs> it probably won't come out in 2024. But uh, I want to I want to say Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse was just a delight. And as you said, when it when it launched um, on digital, uh, we were able to to rent it and watch it again. I actually went to see it in theaters twice. I went once by myself and then once with the family, like the entire family, Izzy too. It was Izzy's first movie in theaters, so uh, 
I'm not going to say it was the best experience because uh, it is a long film, uh, but uh, we did have a lot of fun. Uh, but yeah, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, I will also give it to that one. And I wanted to note that uh, we also took uh, we also took nominations and winners uh, in our Discord channel. We had a daddy's uh, thread that folks could submit their winners. We gave them some of the categories, although those categories shifted uh, a couple times throughout the last couple weeks. But I wanted to say Korath also gave the daddy to Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Uh, World gave the nod to the Mario movie and Racer uh gave it to barbie so there you go i still need to see barbie and i do want i do want to so um and i think if you pulled public opinion barbie would probably be high up there in terms of people's favorite movie this year definitely was a, a milestone movie so that so that was new movie of the year and we'll come back to to movies and different stuff a little bit later because uh you know we're also talking about movies that that we might have seen that did not come out this year. Uh, but our next category, Ryan, and this is probably, look, our most robust category based on our personal interests, which is favorite new video game of the year. And I think anybody you talk to will say that 2023 was a, a banger year for, for video games or something for literally everyone. Um, and, uh, I have my list here of nominees, but I went first last time. So why don't you go first this time? Sure. So uh, my nominees are for favorite Ryan new game of the year. Uh, we have Super Mario RPG remake. Uh, I talked about this a couple weeks ago, but it is a remake of literally my favorite game ever made. And the remake uh, does a very uh, faithful one-to-one -one remake while offering a lot of great quality of life stuff. It is a fantastic remake of a really cool game. So that one gets the nomination. Uh, Sea of Stars, uh, some would argue I have not finished it, although I did see credits, but I know I haven't finished it for those listening who, uh, you know who you are. You'll, you'll be in the comments. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty. I, I honestly did not anticipate myself going back to this game, but that expansion is fantastic. And um, one of the few times where I actually, you know, essentially replayed a game after beating it three years ago. So uh, that gets a nomination for me. Uh, Tears of the Kingdom, Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom, follow up a, a Zelda sequel. Who even does that? Not Nintendo very often. So Tears of the Kingdom. And finally, Baldur's Gate 3, which should not surprise anyone but the winner, uh, the daddy that I will I will then present to someone is uh, I'm going to give it to Baldur's Gate three, and look, this should not surprise most folks because a lot of people who played Baldur's Gate three absolutely loved it, and uh, I have not finished Baldur's Gate three, but I'm 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 like nearing the end of Act two, and I think the main reason I chose this because a it was such a surprising experience I didn't see myself really latching onto it, but like the D and D base to this, as well as the characters and the dialogue and the choices and just the general sort of branching paths of the narrative. Just it, it's, I felt like it felt like, you know, in a year of many, many hits, Baldur's gate three was the one that you were just never likely to get again. 
Like it's just, it's such a unique experience and literally my favorite part about it is talking to all the, all the characters. Like I, I am right now at a point in the game where I know I'm heading into a very talky bit as I finish like a main boss. Uh, and I know we're going to be heading into like, meet me at, at your camp, meet me at your camp. It's like, Oh yeah, we're going into some conversations like that is my favorite part of the game. So loving it, loving the game. It is funny because like, um, you know, uh, Baldur's Gate 3 is doing well on these awards, like uh, different award shows, winning awards. But I wasn't sure, like, this is Ryan's favorite game, new game of the year. And I wasn't sure if it was Ryan Murphy's favorite new game of the year. And and uh, it is it is cool to hear, like, because I feel like, Ryan, may, maybe I'm wrong in, in saying this, but this does not feel like your, your normal jam. Like, would this be your normal jam of type of game like sort of computer role-playing game or is this kind of you're you know uh you're you're doing something a little different here and it's resonating with you anyway it's uh it like yeah it's i would say it's different from my normal i mean you see the 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 list of other games here a lot of nintendo um you know cyberpunk obviously being a, a cd project red game like i like i like games that are fairly contained um more action oriented, more, you know, instant sort of feedback. But I think where Baldur's Gate 3 really changed it for me is it 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 allowed me to play something that I haven't really enjoyed or or played before. However, it really reminded me of those early uh Dragon Age games, which I understand Dragon Age to be basically Bioware being like, well, we don't have the D&D license anymore. What do we do? I don't know, make our own. Yeah, let's let's blizzard this, let's make a Warcraft or a Starcraft, you know, based on another popular uh, uh, property that we, we can't license. So I, I think that, you know, you have a lot, you have a, you have a, a very lucky combination of a lot of things there. Like you have great cinematics, great acting, great writing. Uh, You know, you have uh, just these bits where it's like conversations with your characters. I do struggle with the combat. And I think like that's where I hesitated a little bit with the game, but uh, I've had a lot of help from you know the, the, the gamers in Discord to kind of guide me towards build builds for characters. But the game is also fairly like fair in how it presents combat. So like there's a lot of options for augmenting combat and and making it a lot more approachable. So I, I don't know. It's just it's something that I I didn't even think I was gonna buy. And I ended up getting it just based on everyone's reaction to it coming out. And I was like, okay, yeah, this is, this is a big deal. So I, it, it is different for me, but uh, it is one of those games that uh, surprised me the most throughout the year. Like I, I figured Sea of Stars, Phantom Liberty, the RPG remake, even Tears of the Kingdom were going to be fantastic games and they were going to be what I thought they would be, but I think Baldur's Gate 3 really surprised me. Like, I thought it was, okay, this is something I'm going to play through Act 1, but for me, it really was those conversations in the game. Like, that that's what really made it for me. Like, being able, I can't wait to go back to camp and talk to Shadowheart or Lazel or Gale or Asterion. Like, those were, that's my favorite moments of the game, is checking in with my characters. So, and there's lots of that. Um, 
it is funny. I do feel like Baldur's Gate 3 was one of those games that took a lot of people by surprise. It absolutely did not take me by surprise. And one of the reasons for that was because uh, one of my pandemic games was Divinity Original Sin 2, which I think I mentioned on the show as playing through sort of with my friends. And so uh, I had an eye on Baldur's Gate 3, and that's why it is one of my nominees. So I'll start with that. Crofton's uh, favorite new game of the year. Uh, nominees are Baldur's Gate 3, Super Mario Brothers Wonder, uh, The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, Spider Marvel's Spider-Man 2, Marvel's Midnight Suns, Cyberpunk Phantom Liberty, and Dave the Diver. Um, so uh, of these games, um, there's there's a few I just would draw attention to having not played. Because I feel like I played some of the big games this year, but I did not play the Resident Evil 4 remake. It's a game that I'm sure that I would love. And likely, if I had played it, it would be here. Um there, I didn't play much VR this year, and I think there's a couple of major VR titles that I would really love to dig into, uh, and I think that I will, likely over the holiday break and stuff, so some of that's not there. Uh, there are some Nintendo titles that, Nintendo was pretty productive this year, and like P Pikmin 4, Mario RPG, like there's a couple of games I just didn't get to, and I hope to get to, but uh, that said, again... Uh, Baldur's Gate 3, Mario Brothers Wonder, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, Spider-Man 2, Midnight Suns, Cyberpunk Phantom Liberty, Dave the Diver. It was really tough for me this year between a couple of games. Um, I think this the same that you would probably think, but I also gave the nod to Baldur's Gate 3. And uh, it is Crofton's favorite new game of the year. Um, and it was funny because when I was running my winners by my family earlier, they almost all collectively groaned because it is a game that they don't know because it's not appropriate for children. Um, and uh, it's they know that I play it with my friends as opposed to a game that I play with them. And I, I definitely take that point. I had some magical family moments with Super Mario Brothers Wonder. Some just earlier today, we're all four playing it together, going through the levels. It's been fantastic. Uh, but... In terms of the total package of the game and everything, I have to give it to Baldur's Gate. I had some great experiences playing it solo in the way Ryan was describing, going, talking to the characters. Uh, everybody can approach things differently. I, I played a monk, which isn't my go-to class, and did things a bit differently. Uh, I'm pretty much the same place Ryan is late in Act 2, so I have not finished the game, uh, but yet already I'm thinking about various ways that I could replay it. Again, it came out at the beginning of August, and I was playing it on my summer vacation, and I'm still still not done. But I have a second game going, which I play Sunday nights with my friends. Um, we have a party of four. Uh, and 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 it's an, it's a multiplayer game for us, and it's like a D and D campaign. Um, and you know, Ryan's like my favorite part of the game is talking to all these people in camp. We have a rule: no talking to people in camp. Um, yeah, and that uh, sounds painful. Yeah, it, 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 there you can't like you can talk to people in camp. Uh, but and everybody can listen and everybody can watch. But when we were playing multi, we sort of say play your solo game if you wanna if you wanna get the NPC stories. And Larry and Studios, the developer themselves, said like if you're playing multiplayer, you might want to play differently. And we are playing differently. Took us so, some time to find our groove. But now we're like characters in a party on an adventure and all of this. And every time there is a moment, every every night 
we play. There is a moment where I'm laughing so hard I'm crying. And you know that that is the sign of a good time. So not only is it a good solo experience of the Mass Effect uh, Dragon Age variety that that Ryan was describing, but I'm also having this insanely amusing and fun multiplayer experience. And so uh, I combine all that stuff together. And some of the great games this year, it's been the same, right? Like Mario Wonder, I'm having that great family experience. I also have my own sort of game going. Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, I'm playing with the family. We're solving things together. We're collecting, um, you know, uh, Koroks or or, or, uh, they don't want to go underground because it's scary. So I'll do the underground in the evening and and then we'll do above ground with the family. You know, there's just different, different stuff. So um, every game this year, Ryan talked a, a lot about Cyberpunk getting uh, more wind in its sails, and I totally um, into that as well. I'm not done Phantom Liberty, though, notably, and that really, I, the fact that Marvel's, I got Marvel Spider-Man 2, I wanted to play that. I stepped away from Phantom Liberty. I'm not necessarily drawn back to seeing it through to the end. Um I, I will go back, I'm sure, eventually, but it definitely played against it. Like, I obviously enjoy the experience, but but not as much as other experiences. So it's it's definitely um, took a ding. And I just shout out to Marvel's Midnight Suns as well, which uh, came out late last year. I played it after The Last Daddies and uh, put a lot of time into it and is a really, really fantastic game. And you can probably get it relatively inexpensive. Um, now and I totally recommend that game. So anyway, great games this year. Yeah, <clears throat> it's an honor to be nominated. Uh, some other winners that were picked: uh, Korath and Racer both picked Baldur's Gate three, but Whirl being uh, a little bit different, uh, uh, suggesting a game that uh, none of us played was Final Fantasy sixteen. Uh, and now that the PS five watch has ended, that's that's an option for you, Crofton. Are are you? Are you considering Final Fantasy 16 now that uh, you can play it? Absolutely, I'm, I'm considering it. And, and like, you know, when you have a new toy, you want to use the toy. And like, that's mm-hmm. one of those exclusive uh, games that were very notable. And of course, you know, the Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth is coming out. Really looking forward to that. Um, I, you know, it is funny because I'm like, should I be playing Final Fantasy 4? Uh, Final Fantasy 7, rather remake again like now there's this version with Yuffie and all that i didn't see that middle version should i play that instead to get ready for rebirth and then wait until the doldrums of next summer to play final fantasy 16 i think uh you know that that might that might be it but i do appreciate that a lot of people really liked final fantasy 16 this year world's not alone yeah okay well i know it's on my christmas list so uh Ashley, if you're listening, I don't think she is. She, <laughs> but uh, yeah, she's like, that's how I figure out what Ryan wants. Uh, so, okay, next next category. Uh, this is the uh, best old movie, game, or TV that Ryan or Crofton discovered this year. And I just like the word old might be doing too much heavy lifting here. It just means a movie, a TV show, or a video game that was released prior to last year that we experienced for the first time last year. So it gives us an opportunity to acknowledge maybe um, uh, games and movies and TV shows that we missed in previous years or just, you know, give shout outs to old favorites and that sort of thing. So, Ryan. Do you have nominees? Actually, I'll go first on this one. 
Did we skip TV? What are we doing? Oh, yeah, we did skip TV. I have it in a different order. <laughs> Aren't you in the notes? Like, that? we do have notes. <laughs> I'm in my notes uh, with my nominees. Uh, okay. All right. No, 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 no. That's right. Well, we we can we can do we can do TV. We'll do TV. Favorite new TV show of the year. It makes more sense that way. You're right. Sure. Thank you for keeping me honest. That's okay. For me, the nominees are Abbott Elementary season two, Blue Eye Samurai, After Party season two, Only Murders in the Building season three, and Jury Duty. And the Winner of Crofton's favorite TV show, new TV show of the year, is Only Murders in the Building Season 3. And this one was as tight as they come. At one point, I had Blue-Eyed Samurai down as as the winner. But then I was thinking about recency bias and was like, I'm not sure. You know, my wife was even like, was that the one you most enjoyed, though? And and I thought about it. I'm like, I don't. It's the. It's definitely one of the most artistic. The jury duty might be the one I laughed the hardest at. Abbott Elementary is amazing in the way that great seasons of The Office is amazing. The After Party season two I enjoyed, but would be like lesser down on is on, on this list. Not as good as the first season. But only murders in the building. I don't know how it did it, but it has like some sort of alchemy that they managed to maintain through three seasons and Ryan and I talked about it quite a bit at length on the show. I'm not going to beat beat around the bush on it any more than to say that my wife and I like, there's no show that like we like sitting down on the couch, the bowl of popcorn, some drinks and, and watch um, nothing for us. It has been more fun than only murders in the building the past few years. And season three was no exception. So for me, it takes the nod for fav- Crofton's favorite TV show, New TV show of the year. Ryan? Very good. Well, my nominees are uh, Loki Season 2, Shrinking, uh, Daryl Dixon, The Last of Us on HBO, and uh, Only Murders in the Building Season 3. And uh, the the whoa. winner... Whoa. I, I have to call, before you go through your winners, I, had shri- I have Shrinking in a different category. My understanding is it didn't come out this year. But is did it come out this year? I, I, I think so. <laughs> oh man, it did January twenty twenty three. Oh my goodness, I omitted. Tr- I omitted. You were right, and I am wrong. Um, so uh, am <laughs> I, roll I'm, the tape back, everybody. <laughs> am I going to have to rescind to Daddy here? I don't know. Maybe is this the first time in history where this has happened? Oh. Well, it's it's only three years old. I don't know. I, yeah, like I feel like I'm gonna. I might have to give it to Shrinking instead. But I, you know what? I, I, I a card <laughs> played. Uh, a card played. Like I, I, ah. I gave it to Only Murders in the Building. I cannot pull it back from Only Murders in Didn't the Building. Didn't they do that at the Oscars with um, La La Land I, and something? Else? I mean, I, they did. They did. <laughs> uh, I'm not. I'm. You know, this is food for food for thought. Food for thought, but let, but you know what, Ryan? I'm usurping your time. You just listed your nominees, and you were right to include shrinking. What is the winner, though, for Ryan? The winner is The Last of Us on HBO because oh. just how 
how do you adapt to like these days it's getting better and better but still it's like how do you adapt a video game and make something better than what you adapted like that's what what makes a really good adaptation and i think the last of us video game is a great story and in at least when it launched an okay video game and i think as they've remade it and remade it it's become a great video game and a great story but what they did with the hbo series is and there's a great companion podcast if if you haven't watched the show or or listened to the podcast that goes into the details that they included in the show and it often starts with you know we're building this show 10 years after the game came out so we can kind of see what works see what didn't and add new stuff that really builds upon it and it's it's the original creator alongside the showrunner uh you have Neil Druckmann and and Craig Mason like talking about developing this show and they just do a fa- in my opinion as a fan of the last of us they do a really good job at taking that core story building upon it and just making it better and um adapting it for the screen and i am really looking forward to season 2 we likely won't have that until 2025 which is fine take your time but uh yeah the daddy goes to the last of us on uh hbo and uh uh world uh, you know said tv sucks so he did he technically didn't put anything forward for this one but racer also agreed with me that with the last of us but uh, i wanted to note uh korath threw in a, a show that neither of us have watched but i have seen it i've seen the clips it looks incredibly funny but it's called uh kunk on earth uh a british uh, mockumentary about the history of the world which is on netflix and um it's sort of a uh sort of a deadpan sort of comedic take uh as this uh this lady travels uh around the world talking about the history and and stuff and like if you've seen the trailers if you've seen the clips like you you know exactly the humor you're getting into it's the kind of humor that ashley would hate but it's kind of right up my alley like i love i love british humor i love that like dry deadpan stuff so uh ashley hates it though of course ashley doesn't like anything right <laughs> no i'm just kidding i'm teasing you ashley you love samuel l jackson because is- of course she listens so that is pre-established um right wait can we do let's do a sidebar here real quick because like talking about yeah. like li- listening to the show i i have to mention this because it's not really a category it could probably fit elsewhere but really it should be this should be an opportunity for crofton to go down the list and be like oh let's change this while ryan gave me a great idea so you know that episode you did with gwen which was probably our only kid-friendly episode that we've ever put out on the feed because it was <laughs> right. it had a kid on it. So Caden <laughs> yeah. has a podcast player, and I thought I asked him, "Do you want me to put this episode of Dungeons and Diapers on, where Crofton talks to Gwen?" And he's like, "Yeah, that sounds great." So it's on his podcast player, and he's listened to it like I don't know how many times he's listened to it, but he loves the episode, and he keeps asking me, "He's like, when are there going to be more episodes of Dungeons and Diapers that I can listen to?" And I said, well, whenever we have another kid on, when we have to, you know, behave. <laughs> That's right. So he loves it. We're not swearing like a sailor. Well, we're, we're talking about stuff he, he can't really hear, right? Like a lot of the stuff we talked, The Last of Us on HBO. Daddy, can yeah, I yeah. watch The Last of Us? No. Yeah, you said it was the best show of the year. You, you know, you, like- This is a conversation that probably would happen. Like this isn't us joking this is us seeing into the future and being like oh i just blacked out there 
Um, but yeah, oh, that's awesome. it's, it, it, he loves it. He's like, he loves the intro. He wants me to play the intro music for him. He's wondering what our band is because he says there's another podcast he listens to that has a band. So he's asking like, what's our band? And I'm like, um, it's, it's a guy who produces royalty free music on the internet. I, you know, I, I can look up the name if you want. <laughs> Ryan, but. you're telling our secrets. Well, he doesn't listen to this. Ep- he's not allowed to listen. No, to I this mean, episode. but the other people, they think we have a band. No, if people, not that people do this, but if you go into the show notes, every episode lists uh, the artist, which uh, uh, I, I should, I, mean, I, I should have that. this handy really now that we're talking about it. But I did want to say that uh, it's, it's something we want to do more of in 2024. It's something that we've talked about. And I, um, it, it was kind of both funny and neat that like, it took us five years to have an episode that was like start to finish suitable to listen to uh for a kid to listen to um but yeah our intro our intro and outro music is take a chance by kevin mcleod uh and you can find more of his stuff at uh, incompetech.com so if you're listening caden i only let you listen to this 30 seconds so and it took us 100 plus episodes to acknowledge kevin mcleod sorry kevin it's noted in every episode note but yeah uh kevin you get an honorary daddy. Oh, that's so nice. I'm decreeing it for best podcast theme show music. Beating oh. the other nominees, including The Gamers In and Zombies Ate My Podcast. The winner is Dungeons and Diapers Music, Take a Chance by Kevin McLeod. There. The daddy goes to Kevin. And oh, I school yes. I I schooled some other podcasts. I'm big on podcast beef. I'm not sure if you heard. I'm that. surprised you didn't throw core in there. To be honest, because that's Bo's music. You had a chance yeah. to do a double dig. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I can discourse. Music. You're bad at this, Bo's, you know. I know. I'm bad at picking beef. Um, okay, so uh, let's get back on track with the um, the category I mentioned earlier, which is the the best movie, game, or TV show that we discovered this year. Might not be from this year, and this is where I guarantee you that I've I've omitted something. Like there's something that I discovered that or or got into that um, that I, I I missed. So uh, Ryan, do you want to go first on this one? Yeah, I I think because this one is my weakest. I want to start with the listeners because they had some really good picks here. Uh, so Racer put down Fire Emblem, like just as a not necessarily the franchise, but the first Fire Emblem uh, that came out on the Game Boy. He's he's been playing that on uh, his Ambernick RG thirty five XX and uh, also Shit's Creek. So oh. uh, yeah, a, a really yeah. great show to discover for sure. Yeah, um, and you get a lot of seasons there too. Yeah, and 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 some tight seasons too. Like I think they are like twelve episodes. Like they're not they don't overstay their welcome. Like you kind of yeah. get in, get out. Uh, Whirl, on the other hand, has uh, said God of War Ragnarok. Sounds like he missed sort of the uh, initial hype window, right? Uh, so played that one this year, which is good because they have that expansion that just was announced at the Game Awards, Valhalla. Yes. Yeah. I haven't had a chance to boot that up, but uh, I hope to get to it sooner rather than later. Um, uh, Korath uh, had a really good one here, introducing my kids to Doctor Who and having them love it. And this is a conversation we've had in the Discord, because I I used to watch Doctor Who um, 
I, I kind of fell off around 2015 when Matt Smith uh, left the show. Uh, and, and that's sort of the thing about Doctor Who is like they, they have these regenerations, they bring in yeah. new doctors. And it's it's both a blessing and a, and a curse because it can kind of like, if you have a favorite, like I really liked Chris Eccleston, then I really liked Dave Tennant, and then I really liked Matt Smith. And it was kind of like the third one gone. I'm like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. And yeah, I, was, I, was, I know what you mean. I was really looking forward to Peter Capaldi and, uh, you know, Jodie Whittaker and, and I've watched some of the specials, but I'm way behind now, but they just, they just had a, the 60th anniversary and they have a, a series of specials with David Tennant. Um, and I asked, is this something? Cause Caden saw it too in Disney plus cause it's, it's on Disney plus now. And he's like, Oh, can we watch that? So I asked the group, like, do you think we could watch this with my seven-year-old? And they're like, yeah, for sure. At least the first one, you could definitely give it a shot and see how it goes. So I'm, um, I'm kind of excited. Maybe over the whole, I'm, I'm excited over the holidays to get into Doctor Who again with these David Tennant specials. And then there's a Christmas special, I think, which is coming out with the new Doctor uh, before Christmas. They love their Christmas specials in, in BBC land, eh? Always yeah. for all shows like Downton Abbey Christmas special or whatever. They love those. The I, I will say that Doctor Who, you're right to ask because having watched pretty much the same amount of Doctor Who as you, like from New Who, Christopher Eccleston onwards to Matt, through Matt Smith and then stopping, you know, some episodes – are just a romp and you're like, absolutely my seven-year-old could watch this. And then there's other episodes that skirt the line between like horror and stuff. And yeah. Like, well, the weeping angel stuff like comes to mind yeah. right away is like, that would, yeah. that would, that would, it would scar kid and he wouldn't be able to sleep that night. Yeah, no, be- absolutely. Well, like, I mean, adults have a video to sleep after that. There's one with David Tennant. I think it's called midnight. He's in a train on this planet. And like, it's essentially kind of like the worst of humanity in, in, in like, or try trying to present that anyway, like it's not something I would want. Like it's very good, but it's not necessarily something that I'd want my kid to watch. Whereas there's other episodes where I'm like, Oh yes, this could be. So, so, so for doctor who you always have to, you know, you always have to check in a little bit with, with people, especially on these larger specials. Is this a kid friendly one or not? And some of them really are and are, are, are worth watching, but yeah, I've been tempted because David Tennant is my favorite doctor, which is, yeah. I think a common thing with a lot of people. Um, and, and uh, yeah, like when, whenever he's back for whatever reason, I'm like, Oh, maybe I should, you know, jump back in. I think he returned for a previous anniversary though. And I never saw that one. Um, yeah. It was right before Peter Capaldi, I believe. Uh, yeah. Uh, with the War Doctor, it was John Hurt. Yeah. So I watched that one. That one came out around my uh, came out shortly after I got married, and I I still have like the the t- so we did I did custom table settings, and each table was like a different franchise. Like there was Jurassic Park, Mario, Zelda, and one of them was Doctor Who, and I think that was the art I used for the table setting, which was the poster for that special. Huge nerd. But um, and Ashley hated them all. Well, you know what? <laughs> no, she, I'm just I'm just she used to watch Doctor Who like with me, Ashley. but she uh, <laughs> look, it's it's it is that British humor. And, and honestly, like um, I, you know, I wonder maybe maybe I can maybe I can do maybe I can do Doctor Who specials. Like, Ashley will watch it. Caden will watch it. You know, get the family together. Um, but yeah, it's I'm I really miss the show. 
And uh, I think, unfortunately, there was a really it, it, there wasn't like a a simple way to watch it. But now that's on Disney Plus, like I have Disney Plus, there's no excuse. So right. and I love David Tennant. I'm right there with you. He's my favorite doctor. So. Um, so, uh, look, yeah. we're we're totally we're totally off here, Ryan. We're, yes, we I apologize. Well, in. it's really core well, asphalt, honestly, if we want. to. Yeah, it's true. Place fingers. Yeah. Here. Uh, so best uh, movie game or TV that we discovered this year, Ryan, you've done the readers now and the listeners. The you, readers. What is yours? Oh my what, gosh. Are, are there transcripts the available? <laughs> no, there's the show notes. They, they like reading about the music guy over and over. Oh, um, that's right. So, so, uh, so who are your nominees and who's your winner? Well, look, I'm going to make this super simple. One can likely be taken off uh, on a a technicality, which is uh, favorite old game was Midnight Suns, because technically it came out in December of last year. But as you said, did it come out after The Last Daddies? I feel like I really played the game over the holidays and and into the new year, so it might be a technicality here. But uh, it's really just a nomination. The winner is The Bear. Um, I... I want, so it was like, between midnight. You got two midnight suns and the bear. That's yeah. it. I I and don't. The bear wins. I don't go back to. So how do I put this? Like I don't go back to a lot of stuff. Um, no, it's not going back. That's revisiting. No, I know. This is I know. Discovering new stuff. Exactly. I don't go back to old stuff very often for the first time. And and honestly, it usually doesn't sort of pop to the top of the list above the new stuff. Um, and, uh, also this, this, I put this together when I, when I was just, uh, when I was just picking winners, <laughs> I realized we wanted to list nominees. So I'm likely missing some stuff here, uh, including some TGI game club shout outs here for, for older stuff that I discovered for the first time. But for me, really the winner was always going to be the bear. Um, it's a show that I heard a lot about, uh, and we, Ashley and I both really enjoyed it. We caught up with season one. Season two was brand new this year. Uh, and I realized I didn't nominate it for a TV show. But but again, like favorite thing I discovered this year was the bear. We really enjoyed it. Wait it a minute. A very, wait a minute. Yeah, I know. It's all, I'm all over the place here. Like, again, all right. All right. Okay. Uh, that makes me feel better about the other thing. Because exactly. like, I mean, if it's your favorite thing you discovered this year, but it couldn't even crack your nominees of favorite I TV forgot show. to put it in the nominees. <laughs> okay. It's would an it, honor to be nominated, it, but really it's about the win, you know? So question, uh, would it, would the bear season two have no. beaten, had the last of us? No, no, no. Uh, it's the bear. The, I think the, the cool thing about the bear was finally, watching a thing i've heard so much about and uh so that's what makes it the best tv show i discovered this year and technically like the bear season one we like it's a great 30 minute watch it's funny it's chaotic uh at points very stressful but the show always knows like how to how to land the plane how to how to bring the coaster home you know and um Plenty of uh, plenty of awesome, again stressful things happen in that first season, but it kind of ends in a it, it's it, it ends in a nice, you know, tidy bow. You know, like it has a really good arc, and it makes you look forward to season two. And of course, season two is as crazy as you heard. Um, lots of lots of different uh, cameos and stuff. But yeah, the bear was always going to win this one. I'm sure there are 
you know, people I'm not mentioning, nominees that I'm forgetting, whole categories that I'm forgetting to include shows in. But yes, The Bear is my best TV that I discovered this year. For me, I have nominees in different categories, like like TV games and I think movies here. They're all I put them all into one. Actually, no TV because Shrinking was in there, but now it's disqualified. Uh, but uh, so for me, it's Turning Red, which is a Pixar movie that's actually going to get a theatrical release in the new year. It was released during the pandemic. We watched it. It's funny on Disney Plus in a family movie night, um, and. Uh, it was, you know, around the time that we had seen between Trolls 3 in theaters, which, again, we enjoyed, and Wish, which, again, is hot garbage. Um, and uh, and Turning Red is by far the best of those three movies. It's a really, really, really great movie. And, I, you know, I'm glad to see that it's going to be getting a theatrical release. Anyway, I uh, discovered that this year. Kirby, uh, Forgotten Land, I think that's it. Uh, it's the Kirby on Switch that is the sort of open worldy Kirby. Um, well, open. It's got it's a bunch of levels, but it's it's uh, it's three D and like the kids and I played that living heck out of that earlier this year to the point that uh, after we were done Zelda, Clara wanted to go back to Kirby. It's such a well made game and goes to show you that if you're sleeping on these Nintendo second tier franchises, you're doing yourself. A disservice and that's why i'm excited to pick up pikmin 4 eventually um i think these games are actually like the switch is just being full of bangers for these series and so anyway kirby uh the kirby game was a really big one for us as a family this year god of war ragnarok for the same reason as world i i think i got it for christmas or my birthday last year but i only then played it in the first part of, of this year pac-man championship edition on my arcade machine, Ryan, this is the game. Like I don't have, I don't have measurements of, of time spent, but I'm pretty confident in saying Pac-Man Championship Edition is the game I played the most this year. It's on the arcade machine in my office between meetings. I'll play around a Pac-Man, play a bit of Pac-Man here. I have my scores that I'm trying to trying to beat. I love that game. I will probably still be playing it this time next year. Um, it is just a really, really great uh, experience. I'm playing the arcade version of Pac-Man Championship Edition. Anyway, it's really good. And this is a late nominee of uh, one that I have not mentioned on Dungeons and Diapers previous um, because I just like I just played and finished it since the last time we recorded. Curse of the Golden Idol, which is a game on uh, Steam. Uh, and uh, it's a mystery game where you solve these sort of like uh, these panoramas, these, these, these mysteries. And so, again, Turning Red, Kirby, Forgotten Land, Curse of the Golden Idol, God of War Ragnarok, Pac-Man Championship Edition Arcade. I struggled mightily with this category, Ryan. And I will tell you um, that essentially Kirby and Turning Red were like more kids, family ones that I, I felt like you know i'm okay being like not they're, they're not going to get the daddy they're great but they're not going to get the daddy uh pac-man championship edition is really like you know i got a ton of mileage out of it but i, I at the same point it feels wrong to give that the daddy somehow uh compared to these other two and then there's god of war ragnarok and curse of the golden idol and 
there is no question that in terms of size, quality, all of that, God of War Ragnarok is there. And I'm excited to play the Valhalla DLC. But there's something about it that left me cold. Not just that it's set in winter most of the time, but it just feels like when I think back to it, I'm just like, yeah, it was good. But like, it doesn't. It doesn't excite me. It the the feelings that I'm left with is like it might have overstated. It's welcome. I don't have as fond memories of it as I did when I played the first uh, God of War redo on PS4. It's still it's a fantastic game. There's no question. But I I think that I'm going to give the daddy here to Curse of the Golden Idol, which is going to give me some chance a chance to talk about it for a little bit. Uh, and Curse of the Golden Idol, Ryan. I'll just pause here and ask you: Do you know of this game? I do. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a game that sort of came across my desk a couple times uh, around release. Uh, I never I never did get a chance to check it out, but I was uh, excited to see it got a sequel announcement at the Game Awards. So, oh, me too. I I had just finished it, and it got the sequel announcement and stuff. And I, like I credit Jason Schreier as a, a noted game journalist for really banging the drum for this game, and uh, I knew that it was uh, like a well regarded game. People who like mystery games would like this game. I felt that I might enjoy it, but I'll be honest, Ryan, I could not get by the graphics. I would look at the screenshots and I would look at it on the storefront and I'd be like, I, you know, like this is, it It looks bad. Like the art style is kind of like not attractive. Um, anyway, I just, you know, there was no, uh, there's not a ton of animation. So it's not even like you can play a trailer and then you're get excited from it like it's really it's really hard to get that foot in the door but when you get the foot in the door then it's like oh man like for a certain type of person if you like crossword puzzles and that sort of stuff or you like mysteries or whatever this is a game for you i wish that like that guess the game or wordle or all that there was like a continuous flow of mysteries from curse of the golden idol um, that you could just download and play another one and play another one and play another one. And I know there is DLC and I'm going to get it. But essentially, because I've never spoken about this game before, the way that it works is that you get kind of like this panorama with these characters that are kind of froze, pseudo frozen in time. It's like a four second loop of things that are happening. Things are moving very like like a GIF if you, or a GIF or whatever we're calling it now. Like move, moving <laughs> – moving like a little bit and then you're like this omnipresent you're not a character you're just like you're able to click with the mouse on every character and see what's in their pockets and like if they have a letter on them you can read the letter you can click on different things in the room you can open drawer and like like look at what's inside of it and your goal is to kind of figure out what happened in that scene. And every scene is a murder or right after a murder. And so you have to figure out who each of the characters are on the seat. Like, and you're, and you're like, okay, this person has a letter and it's addressed to Mr. Uh, Thomas. So his last name is Thomas. What's his first name? And then you got to, you, you might figure that out from another clue. You put all these clues together on what's called your thinking pane. 
which is like, um, which en enables you to help solve the puzzle and you fill in blanks there and you're like finding pieces, you're finding clues to put them in your thinking paint. And I know like God of War Ragnarok, huge heavy hitting game. So it seems odd that I would be giving say the daddy to Curse of the Golden Idol, but that's the, like I leave thinking, I just want to play more of this game. I want there to be endless of this game. It is so fun. And all the panoramic, so the mysteries are connected together. So there's characters that come back and it's all related to this golden idol that gets stolen and all the murders happen as relation to that. And so there is a story within all these murders that connect them and they're over a sizable amount of time. And that the final epilogue where there's kind of a twist revealed and all of this. And again, it's through just clicking on things and seeing this stuff and figuring out what happened. I was like, wow, this is really cool. This is really well thought out beyond the individual pleasures of solving each of the mysteries. And it, it was like, I would be like in front of the fire on the couch with my steam deck, like, okay, looking and thinking. And it was like, it was like reading a good book. It, it, it was the same sort of pleasure centers and it's very innovative. It's, it's different than other types of games that I've played. And like, you know, a lot of people credit a Baldur's Gate as something new. This is something new. So up into this, it was like between Pac-Man, I got so much enjoyment out of God of War. I enjoyed in the same way I enjoy a AAA experience, but then I I didn't think about it really or, or it didn't really resonate with me much other than to be like, oh, like I didn't even see in God of War, you roll credits and then there's stuff you can do in the world afterwards. And I had already, I was like, I put it aside and I think I went to Zelda right after it was out. Or, and, I, and so I recognized that like, it's a great game, but it just it it just didn't click with me to the extent that Golden Idol and some of these other things did this year. So for me, uh, um, I spent a little more extra time because I know I'd never mentioned this game before, and I am aware of recency bias and all of that, but I really do believe that it does something different and it's going to stick with me. So Curse of the Golden Idol, congrats. You won a daddy. Oh, yeah. Another daddy successfully delivered to a fantastic product so uh let's move into our next category which is uh uh you know uh, something happened between last year's daddies and this year's daddies is is that a category sort of decided to uh to 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 multiply duplicate itself and and apply a bit of a variation here so we got the best old movie game or tv show revisited this year so this is a favorite that you went back mm -hmm. to, that you love, and you just had to go back to it. And I think we wanted to tease these apart because, like, the reality is that it's unfair to compare something that you've only consumed once or that you've seen once or whatever that you're excited about that's new versus an old favorite. Like, I saw some old favorites this year that would win every year, right? So putting them up against each other in their old category, to me, seems like a pretty good pretty good idea so uh ryan did you want to go first on this one i just talked a whole bunch sure i can go first uh we didn't get anything from uh the discord because this is a, a set of fairly new mutation in terms of the categories but maybe next year but for me my nominations are the metroid games on gba i revisited both of them on two different platforms metroid fusion on switch and zero mission on my uh, rg 35xx uh, ambernick uh, and a uh, super mario rpg which i briefly revisited uh while playing the remake just to get an idea of uh of how far that game has come 
and Portal 1 and 2, which I played uh, both for the TGI Game Club earlier this year. And um, this, uh, to pick a winner here, like these are, all of these are my favorite, some of my favorite games that I've played uh, throughout my, I don't know, uh, tenure of playing video games. But um, I almost, I almost, it almost kind of ruins the other, the other nominations because like, even though Super Mario RPG is my favorite game ever made, I think that it, it's a tough one to, to give the daddy to because of the remake. The remake is a much more superior game. And I, I didn't play a lot of the, of the uh, original this year. So, but I do have to give it to portal one and two. And the reason I lump it together is because I did play them both sort of side by side. And if Crofton's going to make me pick one, no, no, I'm not. Oh, okay. You can lump them. You can, I'm going to lump. So you can lump. Oh, perfect. I didn't realize we were lumping. I'm glad we're doing that. I think for this category and for that, it's very much, uh, I'm, I'm lumping together in my nominees, Spider-Man and, Miles Morales, Spider-Man, Miles Morales as one. So, okay, uh, it's it's sort of the same deal. Yeah, I just they're they're games that uh, I remember the first one, just beloved. Uh, I, I remember the song still alive. I can I can still hear that song and just sing along, no problem. Um, I think when we talk about building sequels for uh, like what can be considered a perfect experience. And then kind of building a sequel that really lives up to the hype. Uh, Portal 2 did that for me. And revisiting these games was really special. Like, And honestly, it's the whole point of TGI Game Club is to sort of have folks pick their favorite game and bring it back and play it and, and lead the conversations. And um, I had a blast uh, replaying these games. Uh, played them on the Steam Deck a majority of the time. And... Um, that Steam Deck, man, just it continues to be one of my favorite platforms for uh, for games that are designed yeah. to play on it. So, like, uh, you know, we're not not sitting here saying, oh, I can't wait to play Alan Wake 2 on my Steam Deck. But I, you know, for a majority of the titles I play, like a lot of indies, a lot of smaller titles, perfect on that thing. So I that's how I feel about it, too. Like, I really I, I struggled this year playing some of the big triple A's on the Steam Steam Deck, not because they didn't perform well, but just because it was like, it was just a little too much. I realized on the handheld, like I was playing Cyberpunk on it and it was doing well. And I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. But it's just, I don't know, it's just too much. It feels like it's much better suited for playing something like Curse of the Golden Idol or or like uh, Portal, which would be, you know, Portal has a somewhat of a minimalistic art style. So it's not like, you know, too much in your face. I find uh, uh, that would be a good one to play on on there. And and one thing that's fun to remember is that like your Steam Deck, and yes, there's always new ones that come out all the time. Is is really like can play pretty much every video game released, you know, before you know maybe this year and uh, pretty well or super well. And so it, it's really neat thinking about that being like I could play pretty much any game on this thing, you know, but. Um, but yeah, it's great, great, great device. I got more into the groove of using it uh, um, later this year and stuff. But uh, like, um, I, 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 I don't have buyer's remorse on that anymore. For a while, I did. So, yeah, and I mean that the the Steam Deck paired with a dock is just 
it, it is so much better than turning on my PC. So whenever I have a chance to use that Steam Deck in dock mode, uh, I'm there. Uh, okay, so for me, the best uh, game, movie, TV show I've revisited this year. So this is like, this is where it gets unfair for the exact Ryan, reason Ryan mentioned. Like there, there's these classics here, right? Uh, however, the way that I'm thinking about this is like which one stepped up this year to give me more than maybe I previously had gotten out of it or really was like, man, I want to shine a light on this one this year. So um, another Pixar movie, we were big into family movie nights. So another Pixar movie, Up, we watched this year. Great, great movie. I hadn't seen it since I first saw it in theaters. Fantastic movie. Raiders of the Lost Ark, which is a fantastic, possibly the best movie ever made. Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark, just amazing. Jess and I watched it at just like an at-home date night. Again, uh, I've probably seen this movie more than any other movie in my life. Uh, so, you know, it's unfair most of the time uh, to to put it up there. But I will put it up there against another. If there's a movie that I might have seen more, Home Alone. Uh, we've been watching a bunch during the Christmas um, season. Home Alone is definitely going to be up there as well. Marvel Spider-Man 1 slash Spider-Man, Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales. We played both those PS4 games in anticipation of Spider-Man 2 this year. And by we, I mean like Gwen and Clara watched and that made them much more fun. Like they were involved in the story, involved in the plot. It was really, really cool watching them react to it and um, sharing that experience with them. So uh, that was great. Luigi's Mansion 3, which we played again at Halloween. And this time it was Clara. Gwen and I have played this game before. Clara, it was kind of her first time. She's Gooigi as a five-year-old being able to play with her dad, go through Luigi's Mansion 3. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Again, I'm not going to uh, like begrudge, but leading up to uh, across the Spider Verse, we watched that a lot. We watched it a lot afterwards in the house, waiting for Across the Spider Verse to come out. People were really into it. I love it. Again, it's like a perfect movie. We got three perfect movies here, and Sleeping Dogs, which was you guys may recall, I talked about a lot on this uh, podcast when I was replaying it, and I was replaying it on the Steam Deck, and it is exactly one of those games you can go back to and be like, hey, like, how does this, how does this play? And I I really, really enjoyed it. I think it's an undersung game, but it's, you know, it's good. It's fine. It's still, still fun to play, but it's not the winner here. The winner here is Luigi's Mansion 3. And um, the reason I gave it to Luigi's Mansion 3, you could probably tell when I was running them down. It's just really, I had that that precious experience with Clara that I had had with Gwen. I recaptured it with an, another kid. It was like, it's really just the ideal game. First game. Like there's so little pressure on it for the, the, the person who's playing is, is Gooigi, the goo version of Luigi. They get to do stuff. There's no camera, 3d camera. You have to think of It's just such a well-made game. I've now played through that game three times, collected every gem on every floor. It, when I was talking about Nintendo's like, unsung franchises and stuff like Luigi's Mansion is top shelf one of those when the Luigi's Mansion 2 HD version comes out uh, next year I know it's going to be a must buy for us so congratulations to Luigi's Mansion 3 for winning a daddy in 2023 very good 
Very good indeed. Well, a lot of daddies being given out tonight so far. And uh, now we're going to take a little bit of a break. This is, uh, you know, I, you know, I mentioned earlier in the show where I said, well, you know, world premiere or, you know, here's the advertising segment. Well, here's another advertising segment. Um, Extra Life, it's back. It's still happening. And uh, we'll conclude in a couple weeks. Uh, our donations are open until December 31st. And you can donate at tiny.cc slash donate of uh, The entire team is still looking to uh, hit their goals. Uh, and we appreciate all the support um, that folks have shown already. Uh, it's been it's been an amazing year. And Crofton, to cap it off, we're going to talk about Extra Life Moment of the Year. And I have some nominations uh, here, some nominees. We've got uh, Party Animals. Don't know if you've had a chance to check out that game, uh, Crofton, but it's a huge hit. It's a fantastic game. Uh, you should check it out. It's on Game Pass, and it has local um, local co-op. So you could play with your daughters all at the same time if you have multiple uh, Xbox controllers. So uh, definitely check that one out. Um, sea of Thieves, always fun. Always good to throw a nomination uh, Sea of Thieves way. Sackboy. Uh, Whirlwind and Travis finally convinced uh, I mean finally convinced me to play with them with Sackboy a uh, uh, big adventure and uh, Nevermore joined us as well for that one had a great time with it uh, Crofton I again I think you'd enjoy that game um, and you should play with us <laughs> uh, but uh, the winner has got to be uh, revisiting the N64 games with the event ads uh, and I know this is like essentially <laughs> giving yourself an award because it is the event dad's event uh that we did do um and uh lots of great clips you can check out my twitch page uh, twitch.tv slash ryan murphy ca you can check out those clips a lot of them feature crofton being very upset at n64 games <laughs> yeah i mean uh they don't hold up ryan what can i they say <laughs> <laughs> they don't unless you have an n64 controller those games very much uh rely on that controller it's true it is oh. true but uh you know that's why uh whirlwind and i uh really rocked it so we had a lot of fun it, it is my like it's certainly my extra life moment of the year i think it's uh outside of crofton finally donating it, it it's probably your favorite <laughs> of the year <laughs> uh -huh. I'm glad you found that. <laughs> I tell you, Ryan, I, that uh, that I do as much as I rise you about extra life, uh, and and how it seems to go on twelve months or eleven months a year. I feel like in January you'll be like, we're launching extra life. No, we launch it in the summer. We always we always take a breather of at least six months. So we take, a, but I still like you guys every year raise a bunch of money for sick kids. So I think it's so awesome, and I think that you like did really well this year. Lots of fun events. I definitely enjoyed I, I like that we did something a little different for the event dads and hopefully uh, we come up with a, a event dads four will be even like more epic, whatever that'll be. Yeah. Who knows? We'll have to wait at least nine months. So look forward to that again. You can donate still until the end of the year, tiny.cc slash donate event dads. Uh, and that there ends our advertising segment our, our second advertising segment of this award show crofton where are we heading next 
Well, now we're into the diapers. And so this is more uh, family moments focused on on Ryan and I. And we pivoted the show this year to focus on a topic in the diapers, a parenting topic. But this is really related to our personal uh, lives. And we did solicit some some categories or possible things from the um, from the uh from the discord and we appreciate those. So Ryan, without further ado, this next category is called uh, best parenting moment of the year. Ryan's best parenting moment of the year. Crofton's best parenting moment of the year. I would note that I would accept because I know you have, I think 17 children. (laughs) I would accept cheating if you need to combine a couple like, cause you know, if your best parenting moment is when one kid, you saw one kid do one thing, I know that might feel lousy. So if you need to, if you need to cheat here, I understand. But is Ryan's best parenting moment of the year, uh, folks. So let's hear, let's hear what it is. Yeah, I, uh, I didn't, I didn't pick a winner. And I'm actually looking at my nominees and I'm thinking one of these is like, I think that happened last year. Like my brain is a little... Uh, mush when I look back at the year and I and I do think like us moving away from um uh like just diapers segment like what we did as parents uh I I think um I lost sort of the easy reference notes of what may have happened this year but but that that's fine because honestly like when it comes to best parenting moment it really it really should be something that kind of sticks with it. And I, and then there was certainly some things that came to mind that were like truly some really great moments in terms of parenting. Um, I'm going to start with uh, our family camping trip to Algonquin. Um, It's the first time I've actually gone camping in 20 years. We went as a complete family. It was, it was not a trial run. It was, you know, the five of us sleeping in a tent, you know, just, just having a great time. And, just being outdoors. It, it brought back also a lot of memories of being a kid and going camping with, with, you know, my dad and, and the family and stuff. So it was a, it was a really great moment. I'm not going to say like, it was all amazing because again, like I'm not, I'm not that big into camping and there were certainly some struggles, but looking back, I think it was a really fun trip and a great, uh, family c- camping trip to the point where I am, uh, I really do want to do it again next year. And I, I really would like to go to uh, Bon Echo Provincial Park, which again is one that I went to as a kid a lot. And I think it's it's one of those things of like, I would like to go back just to see that place 20 years later, having not been since since I was a kid. So that's a big one for me, the family camping trip. Uh, more recently, uh, playing a Dungeon Murder with, with Caden and Abigail, uh, we've had a lot of fun with that game and we've certainly talked about it on this show and I think it just I, I don't think I've quite hit it with video games yet of that like that aha moment of like the kids are their kids are finally getting it but with this card game like I think it's the first sort of card game that isn't specifically targeting kids like we have like the you know the cars monopoly and the frozen puzzle game and you know all the the board games that are targeting small children but like dungeon murder is kind of like a, a family game uh and Kane and abigail can like they can hold their own they can play they've beaten me at the game multiple times and 
every time we play, it's just, it's a blast. So that's another one that I wanted to sort of throw out there. And uh, finally, I did want to just note that uh, Isabel started kinder school, which is basically like preschool here. And uh, she's doing fantastic. She's absolutely loving it. She goes three days a week. And uh, again, for a, for a kid that was born at the start of the pandemic, I know a lot of people said like these, these kids that are, you know, growing up in the pandemic, they're going to have, you know, issues with, you know, socializing and stuff, but she's just like, she's, she's been awesome. She's been loving it. So like, those are my three best parenting moments of the year. I totally cheated. I'm not going to pick a winner. They're all winners. They're all my favorites. So there you go. And I see Crofton's popped in the notes because I was going to say like, it's about to get, it's about to get hairy because these categories have changed a lot, but that's, that's my best moments, best parenting moments of the year. No, that's good. My yeah, uh, just good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they're good. They were my right. parenting moments. Of I course, mean, like I. So here's the thing. I was really hoping that I could come up with like some parenting moment where I did something so awesome that like it was it was my thing. Like I told Gwen that you know she needed to do this thing and then she did and it was great and I'm a hero and the best parenting moment of the year goes to me, you know? Uh, but I couldn't come up with anything like that because I'm just such a good dad all the time, Ryan. It's hard to really pare down what my best move was this year. But I will say my two, like, uh, broad broadly, and when I allowed you to cheat, it was so I could do the same, obviously. Um, and uh, I have two... One for Gwen and one for Clara, my two children. Gwen is older. Um, she So for me, my best parenting moment this year was watching Gwen navigate some adversity at school and, and how she handled it and knowing that we equipped her to handle it in that way. Uh, and that, that she's sort of, um, you know, mature uh, and able to, you know, be outside of clicks and, and, and this and, and, and have confidence in herself. She also has like some, you know, um, hypermobility challenges. And so she's not able to be as physical as other kids and how she works around them and how she figured that out and how she relished, she relished the opportunity of like getting involved in business stuff and like the Christmas fair this year. And she built all this sort of stuff and, and uh, sold it and uh, has tried to start her own business, designing posters on Canva and putting them in the neighborhood. Like, it's just really like watching her navigate, this adversity overcome it and become stronger from it and 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 then like pursue sort of her interests as a nine-year-old has been really really cool to see so for Gwen that's what it is for Clara it's different she's in a different space she's in kindergarten she's in senior kindergarten this year she's five years old she owns that place Ryan like she walks in and everybody is like Clara and you know she's like i i'm sure this is going to be worrisome at one point but like she calls everybody their her little chicken nugget to the point that they put chicken nugget photos on the classroom door because it's like clara's <laughs> chicken nugget classroom um and she's just uh but she's super kind super nice uh plays with everybody really inclusive to the new kids in all of this. And uh, yeah, I've just, whereas Gwen has had to be sort of navigate being a little bit of an outsider. And I've been really proud of how she's handled that. Clara, I've been really proud of how she's handled like being kind of the big kid in kindergarten now and, and being popular and essentially 
being really inclusive with that and, and, and playing with people and different things. So those would be my, like they're, you know, my two parenting moments uh, of the year. And it's been a good year for us in the sense that there hasn't been too, too like last year it was when my wife had her health scare, which has continued this year. Uh, but there has been no new, sort of wrinkles to to that and the kids are as kids get older you know everybody says it it gets easier and it is a bit easier now like it's one drop off they both um you know they, they both like the same things they sleep in a little later all of that sort of stuff so if you're navigating the early years let me just tell you it does get easier so anyway that my best parenting moment of the year now by popular demand, were there any write-ins, by the way, Ryan, for best parenting moment of the year? Yes, there were. Uh, let me go through these. We've got Whirl uh, saying his oldest going to school and being a champ in school, so that's really good to hear. Uh, Racer said, playing Minecraft with my kid is my favorite game of the year. Right after that is 40K with her, uh, even if she has the best luck with rolls, sixes, and ones when she needs them. So it sounds like we've got... Uh, Got a, a 40k fan in the making there. Um, also, Korath said surviving. So I, I feel like all of us can can throw that <laughs> into the best parenting moment as well. For the record, like just before recording the show, Ryan and I had a moment of like, how's it going? Surviving. We're just like, where's the holidays? We got to get there, you know, trying <laughs> yeah. to avoid getting sick, yeah. you know, all everything that's going on. So no, absolutely. We hear that for sure. So next category, this was a writing category, I think from Firebird, I want to say on the discord, it's a best pet moment of the year. Yeah. Um, I'll go first. It's pretty straightforward for me. This was the year that I finally folded and we adopted cats, Howie and Dewey, who are down here with me right now. And we're meowing a second ago. Um, so for me, it is very clear. It was adopting Howie and Dewey. That was the mo best putt moment. I will say that I have yet to properly like connect with Howie and Dewey. No offense, guys. I feel like I thought that, you know, you know, when people are like, oh, I, when, when I have a baby, I'm immediately going to love my baby and be like, you know, everybody has that with pets as well. Oh, you have a pet. You don't think you're a cat person, but as soon as you have the cats, you're going to love them so much. That has not happened. So they're, they're still annoying. Um, and, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're like, uh, still fitting in. Like they get on obviously with the rest of the family. I think I'm their least favorite. Um, I'm hopeful that within a year from now, I'll have a much better update and be like, oh, I love them so much. We cuddle on the couch all the time. They don't want anything to do with me on the couch. Um, you know, if I'm somewhere, they'll go somewhere else. Uh, Howie's a little bitey. So like not like hard bite, just sort of like play bite, but it's still annoying. Um, they, you know, they make runs for the door. They vomit sometimes, not too often, but I, I didn't really think about vomit when getting cats. So, uh, so yeah, not, not hugely positive on the cats yet, but I will say the best moment was when we got them and everybody was excited. <laughs> That's great. Yes. Uh, you did mention that Firebird suggested this one. Uh, and Firebird did write in with uh, uh, the parrot rescue she has, uh, got a second opinion about the cockatoo I'm fostering, and he does not have to have his right eye removed, as the first vet thought. So, um, yeah, always a good idea to get a second opinion, especially with 
veterinarians, not because of the vet, but just because of the bills, because, um, always good to be sure you need to do something, uh, especially what it is going to be, you know, an, not only an expensive operation, but something as, as critical as removing an eye. So that's, that's good to hear. I'm glad, uh, glad the bird's doing all right. Ryan, if, if somebody ever told me I needed to remove my eye, I would get a second opinion. Yes. Also for humans. Before removing my eye, I would always get a second opinion. So, you know, I'm not a medical professional, but take that as advice. If somebody tells you to remove a body part, doesn't even have to be an eye, check with someone else before you do it, just in case. Oh, I should have done that this year then, I guess. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, that, <laughs> I, thought were, that's, I thought you were making a vasectomy joke. Parenting moment of the year. All right, keep going. <laughs> did not include that, no. Uh, Whirl uh, also said, putting my cat in a towel and making a taco cat. So... There you go. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, I, I, you know, that's a good one. I think that is. I, I think so. Uh, for me, um, I was kind of thinking about this, and you know, we've had Zoe for oh gosh, almost ten years. She'll be ten in uh, a month, and um, she's a great little dog. Uh, she, we obviously we got her before we had the kids, so she's always been more fond of uh, myself and Ashley. But um, she tolerates the kids. But this year, Abigail's really taken a shining to Zoe and to the point where she loves to pick Zoe up and have Zoe sleep in her bed. And, you know, she likes to build little forts and have Zoe join her. And I got to say, like, I just have to give the daddy to Zoe because Zoe has been um, not necessarily cool with all this extra attention, but like she tolerates it. and. You see these meme videos a lot where like kids are playing with pets and then like the pets kind of shoot a glance at at the adult, you know, taking the video as like, please, God, save me. Zoe will often do that. She's she's such a trooper, but she's and she's a great dog. But you can tell she's just like, God, get me out of here to the point where like after all, like on the weekend after a long day of, you know, Abigail bugging the dog and. She's usually very gentle and we have to remind her, yes, please be gentle with, with the old dog. She, she is happy to play with you, but you really just got to give her space when she needs it. Um, after a long day, like Ashley and I'll be watching TV and, and Zoe will come down and lay in her bed and you can just hear her snoring, uh, <laughs> in the corner of the room. Sometimes when I'm podcasting, she'll be in here and, and I can hear her snoring. I don't know if it comes through on the podcast, but like you could tell she's had a rough day when she is just like snoring up a storm. She's just so tired. But uh, Zoe, you've earned it. You know, uh, I know Abigail loves to loves to play with you, loves to cart you around the house and and have you play, you know, tea sets and Barbies and and forts and all that. And it can be hectic. So this daddy goes to you, Zoe. Zoe, you got a daddy. Congratulations. You got a mm. daddy from your daddy, your human daddy. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Yep. So, so uh, now we're at the part of that three-hour award show where people are starting to fade and they're like, what? how many more, how how many many more awards categories? do they have? Yeah. So I'm going to go into kids' favorite thing of the year. And I pulled my kids and I will tell you, because I wrote down what I thought their favorite things of the year were. Okay. Cool. That's interesting. And then, they, then I read it to them and they were like, what are you talking about, Dad? 
And uh, then they told me what their favorite things of the year were. And what became clear to me was their favorite things of the year are what they're into right now, right? right? And anything that they were into in September or June or whatever, forget that. That shit's garbage now, you know? Like, so even though they were really into it then, it doesn't matter because for kids, it's what they're into right now. So I was like, well, you guys were really into Spider-Verse. Like, Spider-Verse has got to be your, like... We watched that movie. All of the movies are like, oh, Sp Spider-Verse, Dad, are, come on. Uh, we don't watch that anymore. I'm like, uh, yeah, I know. But like in this past year, it was your thing. And they're like, no, it's not. You know, and they were both they were both like shouting me down. I'm like, I was there. I mean, we watched it together like so many times. Anyway, um, like Kirby was another one. I had Kirby down there. They both played Kirby like crazy. Clara wanted to go back to Kirby. So I, I put those down as their favorite things of the year. So this is what they said, okay? So Gwen's favorite things of the year are the TV show The Loud House on Netflix, oh. which she's watching right now, and Clara's watching all the time. They've watched every episode a zillion times, but literally only over the past two weeks or whatever. But now it's her favorite thing of the whole year. And Knitting which she has now taken up. And Gwen is really into knitting. She's joined the yarn club, the knitting club at school. She's doing a bunch of stuff. But again, we're in the winter sort of knitting season. It's great. She's into this. But like for me, this was not like her favorite thing of the year is knitting. I'm like, I, I don't know. But she says it is. So I have to, I have to abide by that. And Clara, it was much simpler. She just said, home alone. I love that kid. Um, and so uh, <laughs> don't we all? So that was uh, that was easy. Also, again, we watched for the first time maybe two weeks ago. So um, I will say that uh, recency bias, maybe. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So <clears throat> what's your kids' favorite things of the year, Ryan? Well, I um Look, I'll be honest, like it was such a busy week that I, I prepared this segment on the way home from the Christmas concerts we went to today. So like this is fresh, fresh from the kids. And I do want to give a shout out to Whirlwind because this was actually a topic that uh, or a category he had suggested um, after the, the daddies last year. Uh, and it was kind of like a no brainer. It's like, oh, yeah, of course, we should pull the kids to see what their favorite things are. So um, I asked on the way home uh, before bedtime. And surprisingly, the kids gave some really well thought out answers because honestly, it, it had been a long day. And uh, yeah, so Caden uh, uh, said all of his Canada's Wonderland trips that should surprise no one after his uh, his um, roller coaster chat from uh, Dad 100. That's legit. That's legit. I, I think yeah, that's the first good answer. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, he is. Uh, he, he's such an interesting kid because he latches on to some stuff. And, and I mean, like not to go back to a previous category, but um, he I don't think I told you this. He learned long multiplication and long division at a McDonald's play place a couple of weeks ago. He just he wanted to learn it because one of his podcasts was talking about fractions and multiplication and. He just like, hey, can I learn this? And I didn't even know how to do it. So I had to look, we had to look it up on YouTube. I had forgotten how to do it. 
of course, it came flooding back to me and along with a lot of other fun memories. But uh, he uh, he just he, he did it. So now he he asked for math problems. That was his thing for about a week. Like he really latches on to stuff. But he really loved his Canada's Wonderland trips. Uh, he went a couple times with me and Ashley, but for the most part, he was going with his uncles uh, who also love roller coasters. So he's had a blast there. Uh, he also mentioned Dungeon Murder as one of his favorite things this year. Uh, again, he really loves that game. We enjoy playing it. And uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, Abigail said Legoland. This was a surprising one because honestly, like, it, it it was kind of the opposite of what I experienced, what you experienced in that, like, it wasn't recency bias because we went in January for Caden's birthday, like all the way back in January. And Abigail's like, yeah, Legoland, I really enjoyed it. I had to I struggled for a second. I was like, Legoland, like, ah, we went there like almost a year ago. Like, so it kind of stuck with her, uh, which I would love to go back because honestly, it was a lot of fun. Uh, and it's not far from here. It's just outside Toronto. Um, Abigail also said Unicorn Academy. Actually, this is a recency bias because this is the show she's currently watching on Netflix. Um, it's about, um, well, you know, it's about a bunch of kids that get, uh, brought into this Academy and, and unicorns are there. So, you know, self-explanatory, uh, and then Bluey, she mentioned Bluey as well. Oh, I thought it was unicorns that went to school. So like (laughs) if the unicorns were already there, that's not what my first thing would have been. Oh, okay. But uh, no, I I give I give um, her credit for remembering Legoland just in the sense that, like, we went to Storyland during the summer, and my kids, like, if I had thought to mention it, and I like, what about Storyland? They would be like, oh yeah, Storyland is the best thing for sure. But again, they just don't remember. But to be fair, I didn't remember either. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and. Uh... Uh, and then Isabel, and again, this was this one was also surprising because honestly, Isabel is very much about like what's currently going on. And uh, she said the Toronto Zoo trips that we took in the summer. She really enjoyed seeing all the animals. Uh, she really liked that. Um, she mentioned Gabby's dollhouse. Uh, she's big into Barbies. Like you ask her what she wants for Christmas, it's Barbies. She wants Barbies. She really enjoys playing with Barbies. And then she mentioned. Uh, the Barbie she gets to play with at kinder school. So kinder school came up again. So yeah, those were uh, my kids' favorite things of the year. Now, I think this is the final award of the evening, Ryan. But yeah, the Dad Choice Award. Um, is this, remind me, Ryan, what, how does this one work? So the Dad Choice Award is basically your final opportunity to present a dad award to, uh, a daddy's award to um whatever you'd like. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a host's choice. If there's something you want to highlight, this is the place to do it. This is the last stop for the daddies for the, for the year 2023. Um, and it can be something that doesn't fit into other categories. It can be, you know, it can be anything really. I feel like, um, although world, uh, took it literally and said bandit from bluey, <laughs> literal, you know, he gave, the dad the best dad, the best award? dad. <laughs> yeah all oh, right 
It's it's because it is Dad Choices Dungeons and Diapers Choice Award. Yes, it's, it's so yeah. So okay, well then it works well because I have my nominee set up. I feel bad because they're all things; they're not people. Like I, it's not like I'm saying my wife; she was so amazing. She's always amazing, but I'm not just going to give her a dad for just being routinely amazing. Obviously, that that would just be crazy. You're giving one to Ashley, aren't you? It's funny. I was like, oh, do I put Ashley in as a nominee? But then, but then I was like, well, I have to pick her because honestly, that would be that would I know, be even I worse can't... than omitting her yeah. completely. I put her in as a nominee, but she loses to the Steam Deck. Oh, better <laughs> not luck next year, Ashley. Wait, you know, can like... you see my nominations? What is going on here? <laughs> no, no, no. Um, but uh, did you want to go first? Sure. So, uh, Dad Choice Award, the nominees are, uh, I've got the Ambernick RG35XX. And, like, look, like, these are all things. And honestly, shouldn't surprise folks at home that they are things because, like, we enjoy a lot of things and not everything fits neatly into a category. Uh, but, uh, I have the Ambernick RG35XX. I, I have enjoyed, uh, and I'll be honest, what little I have played of the device. It's like a pretty niche device, but it's really cool. The Steam Deck dock that I got, uh, technically the Steam Deck was something I got last year, really enjoyed, but got the dock this year, and it, it really does complete that experience for me. I, I much prefer that couch TV experience, and it, it works so well. Really enjoy that. Uh, but uh, the third nominee and the winner is the Hail Mary Project by uh, Andy Weir. This is a book from the Book Watch. I read a bunch of books this year. Um, and I really enjoyed this one. I read it cover to cover, couldn't stop. Uh, and, uh, actually it's called project. Yeah. Project hail Mary is what this book is. Man. Called. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. it beat all the Thursday murder club. Well, yeah, it's funny because I looked at like all the books I read and while I definitely did enjoy the Thursday Murder Club books, and I'm still waiting for the fourth book from the library, it should be probably arriving in the new year, but um, I did really enjoy those books. I ended up recommending them to my dad. I, I got the first book for my dad's, uh, for Father's Day. Uh, I should check in with him if he actually read it. But something about, you know, Project Hail Mary, it was this, like, it's sci-fi. I really love sci-fi. And it's written so well that I just, I couldn't stop reading. Uh, I literally, I think I stayed up till 3 a.m. one night just to finish it because it's like I was in the final stretch. And it, it is such a good book. And honestly, like it's, um, if you're a big sci-fi fan, this is definitely one to check out. And I know I'm coming back. I'm getting to it late. Honestly, like if if it was, you know, best thing you discovered this year, I feel like it would have won that category, but because it didn't fit into movie game or TV show, uh, it kind of, it kind of slipped into dad choice award. Um, and maybe if Crofton, you know, keeps up with books next year, we'll have like a book category, but you know, we don't, we don't read a lot of books. I know um, we're horrible. <laughs> it's funny. Cause one thing when you were playing the watch bumpers, I was like, man, cause there'd be like a phase where I'm into books. It's like book watch. Then there's a phase where I'm into comedy and it's like comedy. And then, you know, it's like, I'm like, I can't, then it's like PlayStation or whatever. Back to Don't forget, back to you went on bullshit. strike. You enjoyed that, right? Yeah. Strike watch. There's just, just so much. Oh man. I, the strike didn't get, there's no, it's funny. Cause 
it's like there's no way to really fit it in because I, I wouldn't even use this to acknowledge it. It was a big experience for me. If I did my personal year in review, my Shopify or Spotify or whatever year in review, it would be it would definitely be a major thing. Um, I was interviewed by lots of press. I, you know, like was very present. I, I went on strike, walked around a bunch in solidarity with people. But it's just like. And, you know, in doing stand-up comedy for the first time as well, and bombing in stand-up comedy, like these were big things for me personally, milestones for me, but I, you know, they don't really fit within our categories and there wouldn't be something that I would necessarily even give this dad's choice award. Cause I did the same as you, Ryan, I skewed towards like things uh, and uh, tried to keep it like, what didn't fit elsewhere. So I put the Thursday murder club book series as a nominee. I put Wolfie's just fine, which you may recall was my musical nominee. Uh, a, a while back, I highlighted the album. It's John Lajoie who does the, uh, who did uh, a lot of comedy songs. And these are like sort of like more heartfelt songs, but based on pop culture, he has a great Mortal Kombat 2 song, a great uh, Russell Andre the Giant Hulk Hogan song, like all this. So the Wolfie's Just Fine album <clears throat> was a really uh, good one for me this year. I have the Steam Deck here. I have the PlayStation 5, which I got this year. Uh, and I have uh, the arcade machine in my shed. It's an At Legends Ultimate arcade machine. So a lot of video game presence, lots of hardware. So I'm not sure if we need a hardware category next year. There's going to be a new Switch. There's going to be some other stuff probably I can see us. There's going to be some sort of watch, I'm sure, again next year for buying something. Um, but uh, the Dad Choice Award for Crofton goes to the arcade machine in my shed. <laughs> and... I know it's funny because you talk about always the big things that are going on, but like the little moments that keep you sane, be it as a parent or as a person are like invaluable. And I think when people are like fooling around on their phones, they're on the toilet or they're playing Marvel snap or they're doing, they're doing whatever. They're just getting that little moment of, of like energy in their day so that they can move on to the next thing. Well, for me, I bought I bought last year near the end of the year. I bought I made two big purchases. One was a Steam Deck, and one was um, uh, at this arcade machine for my shed, which is doubles as my office. And I wasn't sure if that arcade machine, which plays like nine hundred games, it plays like pretty much all the arcade games you can think of that are in two D and not three D. Um, I wasn't sure if this was a dumb like nostalgia based decision that I was not really going to get mileage out of. In fact, I was quite confident the Steam Deck was the smart thing to get and the arcade machine was the dumb thing to get, both of which led to me not getting a PlayStation 5 for quite some time because I couldn't afford it after buying these two things. Um, but the arcade machine was the clear winner. It's the one that I keep going back to. It's the one that keeps rejuvenating me, giving me little energy here and there. I find new arcade games to play all the time. I go back to Pac-Man all the time. Um, and as much as I love the, you know, reigniting my love with reading with the Thursday Murder Club series, as much as I enjoyed the music and and uh, the Steam Deck, and and e even playing Spider-Man on the PlayStation 5, for me, 
Uh, my, I got to give it to the, the the arcade machine, the At Legends Ultimate this year. It's really been just uh, the gift that keeps on giving. I expect that I'll be playing it just as much this time next year. Um, short of it breaking down, you can feel the joystick getting like is looser than it used to be, but it's like looser in a pleasurable way. Like that feeling when you go up to an arcade machine in an arcade and it's like, you know, being used and you're like, all right, let's go. Uh, so, so yeah, no, it's my, uh, it's my winner. And it was partly knowing I was going to give it the winner also made it easier not to give Pac-Man the, uh, that, that award earlier, because I just felt that like, it's the whole package of that machine, not just Pac-Man, even though I spend the most time on that game, um, that makes it so awesome. So yeah, my last dad of the evening goes to the at legends ultimate arcade machine. Really sweet. Great stuff. Well, you know, what a journey, the daddies. It does. I feel like in a word show, Ryan, I feel like, you know, at the end where you're like, okay, you know, wrap it. We got to wrap it up. You know, people are like leaving to go to the parking lot. They're like the show read, you know, the reviews tomorrow will be like show read too long, blah, blah, blah. Ryan, are we doing another day? Is this it? This is it for 2023 for us or, or in terms of episodes? Uh, that is a great question. I mean, I think so because we would be recording, uh, after Christmas, but before new year's. So I, I don't know what either of our schedules look like. So stay tuned maybe for details, but, um, at the very least early, like at the worst early 2024, uh, it would be nice to take some time off and, um, and, you know, come back to the show refreshed in the new year with all of our holiday fun that we did. But uh, you never know. Stay tuned. It's true. Yeah, we'll fi- we'll figure it out. No promises, people. No promises. You can always go and listen to the first episode of Order and Defiance Ooh. world premiere. Yeah, I think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, we should all go do that. We can clip it for all the fun stuff that Crofton did and all the fun stuff that Bo did and all the fun stuff that Mike did. Uh, no promises that I'm going to do that, but... Uh, that was the daddies, everyone. The daddies, the greatest event of the year, where everyone's filled with good cheer. That's our theme song for the daddies. Man, it's great. At first I thought, like, oh, man, it's really annoying. He's going to use my own bump voice at a bumper against me. But I realized that that Crofton has a lot more energy than this Crofton. So by <laughs> taking him from, like, the the past and using them in the present were actually leaving on a high note skeptical face <laughs> so uh if you want to uh i guess i guess we should do the business like a normal episode if if, if you want to like you're like hey they they did a lot of stuff this year i want to know more about this stuff like they probably talked about it more at length you bet you're Bippy, we did. We did it in our previous episodes, which you can reach on uh, tgistudios.com slash dad. You can also email the show dad at tgistudios.com or just join our Discord. We have an active chat going um, on the, the Gamers in Discord. There's a Dungeons and Diapers channel. So please 
be excited for that uh, and come come chat with us. You can follow us on Twitter as well. Um, the the show has a, an account at D and D Cast that will let you know when the latest episodes drop. Uh, and then, of course, Ryan and I have accounts as well. I'm at Croft and Steers. Ryan's at R Murphy. So that's going to do it for another dare I say year of Dungeons and Diapers. Have a great holiday season everybody stay safe be nice to your loved ones uh we hope to be in touch with you throughout the holidays and into the new year on our discord and look for new episodes in 2024 bye everybody good night everyone have a great holiday we're just really excited uh on that front i am excited on that front i cut off your ho 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 ho. i did it again (laughs) damn you Go. Okay, go. I'm 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 done. I'm done. Ho ho ho. This is his first strike.